So hi to all at the Saw Valley Gospel Partnership. This Sunday was the Sunday I was invited to come and speak to you and I would have loved to have done so but you don't need to know, you don't need me to explain in great detail why that's now not possible. Things have changed for all of us and I hope and pray you're doing and staying well. It's my privilege though to bring a short reflection to you and then for you to be able to dialogue with it on, on Facebook. If I could bring a reading to you first, I was thinking about the message to the church in, in Philadelphia, in Revelation 3, and just a couple of things from, from within that seem to me to be particularly resonant. In fact, there's one thing in all the, the letters to the churches and Revelations that I think are particularly relevant at the moment. But it, to the church in Philadelphia, the church is described this way from verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door. What I like about that is in this time of lockdown, there's a present continuous tense being used that our God, and in fact Jesus here is the one being described as the one who holds the key of David, is one who is continually opening things, the important things, and those things nobody else can shut. And equally what he shuts, nobody else can open. And he holds the key of David, which is he holds the responsibilities of the king and all of the authority of the king. And that's why he holds the keys. That might be important to us in this period. Some things are limited, but the things that really matter are the ones that our God is continually opening up for us. And then each of the letters ends with a promise to us if we're the ones who are victorious, it says in the NIV. Other versions say the ones who overcome. What it points to is those who persevere against difficulties and trials and there are promises for us. Mostly and all of these letters point to a promise for us for all eternity. I pray that we'll know the comfort of the God who opens things up when other things seem closed, the things that matter, and will be the people who overcome in the face of adversity, who persevere. Had I been with you, and prior to lockdown, I've been, I would have been bringing my theme message, which you can see behind me, where do we grow from here? But I've been looking at that, and I talked to Graham about it via email, and, and we think that the message still resonates. You see, wherever I've been over the last two years as Vice President, of our denomination, Baptist Together, the Baptist Union of Great Britain, or as president in the last 12 months, I've been saying, let's look at that question, where do we grow from here? And let's not think of it as a programme, but as a prayer. Would you join with me in praying, Lord, where do we grow from here? That seems to me to be still very resonant today, even more so. This is a season for prayer for all of us, isn't it? I was reading just recently, maybe you've seen this too, the massive increase in searches online, search engines for the word prayer. But you can trace it to the growth in the pandemic. That's interesting and it's, it's an encouragement for us there, surely. When I pray that phrase, where do I go from here? My mind first of all goes to the word we, and I end up making it personal. I've said this wherever I go, prior to pandemic again, Surely it starts with, Lord, where do I grow from here? It's ridiculous to think of church growth, 
without also looking to think of personal growth. So, yeah, where do I grow from here becomes the important question. Um, not because I'm more important, but because it has to start with me. Could you start that way too? In this time of lockdown, Lord, where would you want me to grow in Christ-likeness, in knowledge of you, in fruit of the Spirit, and so on? If I've made the word we smaller by making it personal, I then want to make it bigger and for us to think beyond our individual churches, beyond the sword gospel partnership, to our nation, to our grouping of churches, and say, where do we grow from here? When I've prayed about the word we, I then go to the word here. In my mind, at least. It might phrase is really a play on words. You would normally say, where do we go from here, wouldn't you, asking somebody for directions? Well, if you asked somebody for directions, more normally now we just use a sat-nav, but imagine you stop and you're trying to get somewhere and you stop and you ask somebody for directions. It's, it's hard to remember to actually listen isn't it, to what they say, but imagine you find somebody helpful. Somebody helpful is somebody who knows where here is. The same with where do we grow from here. It has to start in our prayers with honestly identifying here. A hallmark of leadership is to be able to identify and name the current reality. Where is here? Both now in lockdown and also post lockdown. There are unique challenges about here today and will be afterwards. And there are unique opportunities about here today and will be afterwards. It's good for us to identify those. When we've done that, we can look at the word grow. And let's just admit, first of all, that some of the growth we see in churches isn't necessarily genuine kingdom growth. It's just transfer growth from one church to another. And that's pretty neutral in terms of what's genuinely happened there. We've seen our fair share of that. And it's not what we look for. We look for people committing to and becoming more like Jesus and people recommitting to Jesus. That's genuine kingdom growth. Once we've admitted that, let's also admit that we don't do growth. So God does growth. And so even more important that we pray it through. But maybe he calls us to be good gardeners who create the right circumstances where growth is most likely to happen. I expanded in one place the word gardener to the word agronomist. Do you know what an agronomist is? We've got one in our church, which is how I know a little bit about it. An agronomist advises farmers on growth because on good, healthy growth, because they know about soil conditions and irrigation. And, and so they can create the right environment where healthy growth is most likely to happen. It still might not happen, but it's most likely to happen. I said that in a number of churches and I was in a church down in Kent, in Canterbury, when somebody came up to me afterwards and said, you don't mean agronomist, you mean pomologist. I said, do I? Tell me more. And they said, a pomologist is an agronomist who specialises in fruit growth. I thought, oh, that's good. Maybe that's who we are. Maybe, maybe you're a pomologist if you're a church leader. You don't do growth. God does growth. But maybe he calls us to create the right circumstances where growth is most likely to happen. That still seems to me to resonate both in lockdown and after lockdown. When we've done that, then we can look at the word where. 
so we haven't rushed to the word where we've prayed it through and when we look at the word where I'm not coming to you with a set of answers I've been the senior minister in Chichester for 24 years and we've seen some growth but I'm not saying and so here is the formula each church will have their own distinct pattern surely but a couple of things have been key for us that we think might have transferable lessons and a number of other churches have found these helpful one is trying other ways of gathering in addition to our main Sunday services for the sake of those who foreseeably won't come into any of the churches in my locality. Now in this lockdown time this has been a really interesting test of this because we've all had to create another way or other ways of gathering and so many of us, probably you too, I hope and pray you too, have found other people find their way to you who might never have found their way to you in the traditional ways of gathering. Our God can bring good from bad, doesn't he? Bad that he didn't create, but nevertheless he turns it around for good. That's been one of the stories of this season. So in my church we have missional communities, alternative gatherings, in addition to our main Sunday service. The second thing, though, is what has been key for us has been emphasising equipping people for the whole of their lives. Whole life discipleship, we call it, using some of the resources from the organisation LICC, the London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, an organisation that I'm going to be working for at the end of my time as president sometime next year. I find their resources so helpful, which is why I'm going to go and be uh, pointing other people to them in the very near future, I hope. But the lessons there are key. And there are lessons that we are learning now in lockdown. I represent Baptist churches, as you know, and Baptist churches should be well equipped for this season, even though none of us would have wanted it. And none of us, you know, in that sense, prepared for it. In the sense that we already had a theology that it's not about our building. Which is why our buildings probably aren't as decorative as some of the other buildings in our locality. They're not intended to be. They're intended to be places where we resource people to do stuff elsewhere. We already had a theology that's not about the minister or ministers so much as us all being priests, us all being ministers wherever we go. Maybe this is a season to test that too. And we already had a theology that it's not about the program that we put on in our church building so much as equipping people for all of their lives, wherever they find themselves. And so we've been using the term frontline for many years. It has a different meaning now, uh, those who are on the front line of fighting the coronavirus. But we've been using the term frontline to describe where in your life, to all of our people, where in your life do you spend most time with people who don't yet share your faith? That's your front line. And when we've identified that, once we've named that, or those places, if it's more than one, that, then gathering together online or in a physical place when we can do that again, gathering together, it becomes about equipping ourselves for when we're scattered. Really, what we're doing now in a message and what we do when, in our gathered places when we bring a sermon it's like the half-time team talk, really, isn't it? In a game of two halves, like football or rugby or hockey. 
And the first half may have gone well, or it may have gone badly, but really what we're doing when we gather together is, as well as bringing glory to God in our worship and our praise, we're trying to edify one another. We're trying to equip one another for the reality of our whole lives. And those of us who have the privilege of speaking, we should be player managers in that analogy. We should have our own stories too. I hope some of what I said resonates with you and I hope that you can see that even though this is a different season and even though the circumstances are different, so much of what I've been bringing to other churches prior to us even having heard of coronavirus or even having known where Wuhan was. I had no idea where Wuhan was. I don't know about you. And that's to my shame because it's a city of three million more people than London, which shows how narrow our worldview is sometimes. Even prior to that, this was a message that had a particular resonance for people. And I hope it does to you now and afterwards. Behind me is a banner I've been taking wherever I've been going. And you can see on that banner that hundreds of churches and individuals have said, yep, there's something about this that resonates with me. There's something about this that I'm going to think about and pray about. I would love it if you would join in that story. If so, there are some other resources that I can point you to, and I'll put a link to them here on my, on my website and on the Baptist Union website too. There are eight small video, uh, video clips, five minutes or so, with home group leaders notes, uh, home group leaders resources and resources for everybody in a small group or home group too, all free to download for people to work through those questions and to look in more detail at the whole life aspect and the missional communities aspect. So once again, I'm sorry that we can't be together physically on this occasion, but I'm really interested to know if this particularly resonates. I'm also interested if you're looking to dialogue this in your Facebook, is to where do you identify the challenges of here today and tomorrow, in the future tomorrow, when the rules of lockdown are relaxed? And where do you identify the opportunities today and in that post-lockdown tomorrow? God bless you all.